guess what guys we officially have our first sponsor circle the date ja circle the date ja is an event planning and paper craft service they specialize mostly in weddings but they also do birthday parties family reunions uh, once it's an event they can take care of it for you now they can get your chair rentals decorations fabric work tables dj lighting you name it they take the hassle out of event planning for you and you can find them on social media at circle the date ja and you can email them at circle the date dot events at gmail.com or you can contact them at 876-337-1788 they are open from 9 a.m to 8 p.m so if you have an event and you need a planner check circle the date ja hello marlon are you there yeah i'm here i'm here ah great great all right so how are you doing i'm good you know i'm good i'm a little bit sore i'm on the second day of the one punch man challenge one punch man challenge all right yep. well you know let, let, let's get into the show and then i'll, I'll ask you about that uh mm -hmm. so happy new year and welcome well, to what's that happy not so new year Oh, well, Arcade's not so new anymore. It's seven days old, right? Yep. Anyway, welcome to the Creative Vibes podcast. Um, I'm your host, Kevin Jackson. And on today's show, we have Marlon Walker, or as he prefers to be called, Rome Walker. Uh, we'll get yep. into that a little bit later as well. Um, so for those of you who don't know, if this is your first time listening to the Creative Vibes podcast, we talk to creatives across the, the Caribbean, you know, writers, actors, filmmakers, game developers, animators, you name it. We're trying to find out what's going on in your neck of the woods. And as the creative industry is a growing economy, you know, we want to see where the Caribbean is at. Um, Marlon, so yes, sir. let's get started. Um, before I ask... My first question, I want to know, One Punch Man Challenge. Uh, what is the One Punch Man Challenge and why are you doing it? Okay, well, what is the One Punch Man Challenge? So, one Punch Man is actually one of my favorite uh, manga characters right now as a very successful anime. He's basically like this caricature of the whole superhero genre. He's like, he's so powerful, he can defeat anybody with one punch. Um, mm. So what the, if you follow the series, um, someone once asked him, what is the secret to your strength? And he, you know, he said that, okay, well, the secret to my strength is that you have to do 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats, and then a 10K, a 10 uh, km run every day for a week, you know, to transfer yourself into the one punch man. So, Just so the challenge is that you have to do no well the challenge is that you have to do all of that in um actually in the manga he did it for three years but the challenge is to do all of that 100 uh 100 push-ups <clears throat> 100 squats and the 10 uh, ki uh kilometer run um in 100 days okay so every day is 100 body days and i'm on day two day two wow how's it going um, I can tell you that I am weak. <laughs> I, I have fallen off my workout routine because I had a little back problem, but I'm better now, so I'm trying to get back my body. All right, all right. Well, not good mention, luck. But, um, not to mention there's a potential role for me uh, in this year where I need to play a boxer, Mike McCollum. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to get back in, you know, I'm trying to get in fighting shape for that, okay. for that piece. That sounds interesting. All right, we might talk about that a little later too. Um, all right, so first thing is first, right? Right. And this is a good segue since you mentioned that you're preparing for a role. Um, who is Marlon Walker? And by that, I mean, what do you do? Um, you know, what are your morals? Des describe you, the person. Who is Marlon Walker? Well, um, if I had to describe me, um, wow, uh, I hate talking about myself, but I guess this is part of the job. Um, mm. I like to describe myself as a humble guy. Um, yeah. I'm a guy that, 
stuck in corporate, you know, clawing his way into the career that he desperately loves and hopes that she would return her affection, which is the acting career. Um, I'm Caribbean based. I'm a Jamaican, born and bred. Um, but I like to say that I'm, you know, I I belong to the world. So I'm not just a Jamaican, but I belong to the world, and I think that I should be able to travel anywhere in the world I want. He's a free. He's a free. Uh, you know, very humble guy. Uh, as an actor, I like to think that I take direction well. Lots of the directors I've worked with, they say that. Um, and I'm all about I'm all about the craft. I have a passion for the craft, and my end goal is to be like that first A-list person that is recognized as a Jamaican. So he's not just an A-list actor, but he's an A-list actor from Jamaica. Ah, yeah. uh, okay, okay, nice, nice, pretty nice. That's a great goal. Um, so, question: You you call yourself Rome? Why 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 Rome? Well, it's actually a nickname that a lot of my um, friends actually call me by. Uh, how I got the nickname is actually a pretty funny story. Um, so I attended one of the, the greatest schools in the Caribbean. One of the greatest, Jamaica greatest schools in the Caribbean. No, Jamaica actually, the Woolmuth Boys, Woolmuth Boys, the oldest um, high school in the Caribbean. Okay? And while I was in my biology class, I was actually reading Romeo and Juliet because I prefer literature over all the other subjects. Oh really? And, okay. Yeah, and the bio teacher was really hot, really really hot, and then she started calling me Romeo in class. I had one of those. So I had a hot bio teacher. I tell you, it's one of those beautiful things when they're fresh out of uh, teaching college, saying mm -hmm. they're young and full of life. Yeah, man. So you know, Woolmans, Woolmans being an all boys school, you know, people are gonna tease me, but they're not calling a man Romeo, so they dropped off the the uh, O and just called me Rome. Interesting. Okay. So I've been so people have been calling me Rome since I was like uh, sixteen years old. Sixteen. All right. Cool. And you just stuck with it. You just ran with it. I just ran with it. Yeah. Okay. Might be that attachment to that bio teacher. The question: How did how did you get into acting? You know, what was your what was your big start? Um, the funny thing is that since I was um, six years old, my earliest memories is that I always wanted to do um, stand-up comedy. I always wanted to stand-up comedy. I, I like, yeah, I like making people laugh, even though I'm not really a funny guy. But I like making people laugh. It's one of my joys to hear people laugh. Um, and then when I was leaving high school, I actually applied to go to Edna Manda for acting, and I got the interview. But my father was like, nope, none of that crap. Don't want no worthless degree in my yard. Mm -hmm. I ended up going to UTEC for business. Mm -hmm. um, so, so at UTEC, so from, from high school and at UTEC, it was mostly theater productions. And then sometime in 2010, 2011, I went through a really bad breakup. breakup. Well, it wasn't a breakup, I got dumped. I got dumped. And I decided that, hey, you know, now's the time to see if I can transition to film. And I actually reached out. Um, I actually joined this Facebook page, uh, Jamaica Film Industry. And I saw an open casting call from who I believe was the uh, founder of the page, as well as one of the admins. A really nice guy. His name is escaping me right now. A really nice guy. Um, mm. He casted me in my very first film role. Um, which is a, a it, it was a short. It's a short that's still on YouTube. Ah, missing pieces. Yes, that's the name. Missing pieces. It's still on YouTube. Ah, uh, written right. by Maurice. Right, Maurice right. McCallum. Yes. Right. Um. You know, and through there, um, the name of the guy was Kevin Jackson. Ah, that's the name of the guy that um oh, actually cast in that role. I know that guy. Hey, uh, there you go. And that actually led me into other projects. Um, even uh, I had known Robin Chin for a number of years, and Robin cast me in one or two um, uh, ads, TV ads, which right. none, I've never done a TV, that, a TV ad that has made it to air. I've never been so oh. fortunate. But, yeah. but, but, that, but that's oh. how I got into it. It's something I've always wanted to do since I was really, really young, really, really young, like six years old. Always wanted to be mm -hmm. an actor. 
I always wanted to be okay. on TV. I always wanted to be a a, a performer. Mm. And I mean, you, you, I think you're underselling yourself here because I mean, um, from what I know of you, you know, you were you're in another production that I did called Hardship Box, which right. Right. a few awards and was a finalist in a thing in Florida called Indiewise Convention. And mm-hmm. you were also in Me and Me Crew season two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Is that season two where I played um, Goose. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. I was also in another short film that was shot on a cell phone that won a bunch of awards called Gone. Oh, yes, um, yes. And, and in my most recent, uh, my debut film, because um, most of those were shorts, uh, my film, which is Learning How to Swim, that I was in, um, one of the co-stars, that also won uh, an award at the San Francisco Film Festival. Right. That was a, I think it was Best Student Film, right? Best Student Short Film. Best, best Student uh, Film, right. Right. It was a big, big deal. It had a, because... it had a run time of about 40 minutes, I believe. Oh, okay. Wow, nice. That's almost a <laughs> show. By film That's festivals. Um, and San Francisco Film Festival is a big fil- festival, so that's definitely a big achievement. Um, I believe you were also in Mango Wars, which is now available on Quelly TV. Uh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. It's on Quelly TV. Yes, I was in Mango Wars. Um, that was written and directed by Carl Chin. I would love to work with Carl Chin again. Um, okay. I can't, I can't seem to get any yeah, work from more Carl Chin. Carl Chin, if you're hearing this, I, I, I want to work with you again. Please and thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, and Camille, I, I worked with Camille Davis for the very first time. Beautiful, beautiful actress, very, very talented, um, very, very funny, very funny. Is I, I miss her in theater, to be honest with you. Does she do theater anymore? I haven't seen her in anything. Uh, not to my knowledge, uh, she's mostly focusing on her film career. That she's is focusing true. On her that, film career. I did see her in King of the Dance Hall, and I think I, I think I saw her in Sprint. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but you're gonna see her mostly in short films, uh, films and TV ads. Okay, cool, cool. As well as she's uh, doing a lot of endorsements. So if you follow her on Instagram, she has a ton of endorsements on Instagram. Mm, mm. Uh, so you mentioned right that you're stuck in corporate and you you did business. I want you to touch on you know you you have a day job clearly. You know what what what's your day job? Right. All right, well, the day job is that I'm... Uh, you know, I would love that? to know what do you do. I say you don't even need to state the company you work for if you don't want to. You know, oh, well, all right. Fine. Um, I'm actually in sales for, one of the, for the number one food distributor in the island. Um, so I'm oh. a sales representative. Yeah. And mm. before that, I was, uh, I was a data for the same company. Right. And I'm sure as a sales representative, uh, you use your acting a lot, you know, convincing people to, to buy your products, right? <laughs> I mean, well, I guess you can say that. Um, the, the thing that you would find with sales is that, as with acting, um, it's all about being genuine um, with people. It's really, it's really a people business. You're not really selling food and stuff like that. You're selling yourself. Um, simply with acting, because you to embody a character mm-hmm. on, on film or on the stage, um, people tend to want to work with people that they like. So you're more likely to get a, a better performance out of um, your co-stars if you and them gel very well together. I mean, some of the greats, mm-hmm. you've heard stories of persons who they don't even like each other, but you would never guess because they're all about the, the performance as a professionalism that they, that they carry. And that's something that I have in me as well, that professionalism to the craft. Okay, cool. Um, tell me, so have you ever thought of pursuing acting full-time? I mean, let me tell you, the, and I'm, I'm really happy that you asked that question. I'm not sure how many people are in my shoes, and I am well aware of all the, the, the sayings that, you know, uh, fortune favors the bold, um, history remembers those who take risks. The challenge is that I'm a 33-year-old man who is married. I have assets. I have liabilities. And I have people that depend on me. 
And then what you find is that when you find yourself in, in this stage of your life, it's really difficult to just get up and throw caution to the wind and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to go after this thing full time. And then what tends to happen is that my corporate side and my creative side are constantly having debates on how to approach this thing because my corporate side is like, hey, we take calculated risk only. So when we can now properly calculate the highest probability of success, then we can do that. But until such time, we need to um, stick to what we know. We'll keep the lights on and put food in your belly, take care of your wife, pay the mortgage, uh, get you the money you need so you can drive your nice car, uh, pay JPS bill as well as uh, you know put food on the table. So mm -hmm. it, it has been a challenge because it's something that I, I, I struggle with on a daily basis. Because um, some days at work, it's just really hard. And you're like, this, this is not something I want to do. And I can spend a day on set just sitting down, waiting before I can just be on film for 15 minutes. And it's the happiest moment of my life. So I, I, it's something I really, 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 really want to do. But I have to do it in a calculated way. Hmm. All right. Cool. I hear you. I hear you. And, and I do believe a lot of people have that struggle, you know. Uh, because we live in, in Jamaica, we don't quite have a film industry yet. We have a film sector. Um, films pop up now and then, but it's not like there are constant casting calls, you know, that you could live off of. And even well, casting that, calls. And, and that's, the funny, that's the funny thing. I actually asked uh, uh, an acquaintance of mine, uh, Zibex, on some advice on my career. And the first thing that he told me was that the best advice he could give me was to quit, quit the job. And mm -hmm. what he meant by that is that it's all or nothing with this business. Um, acting and the film industry is a very jealous mistress. She does not like to share your time. And if you're going to grow in her, then you need to be fully devoted to her. And I get that. I really right. Right. That. Yeah, also, no, you know, I'm... when you're not doing one thing, you're more available for so when that opportunity comes, you're able to jump at it. Right. You, to, you know, I try would, to submit yeah. application stuff like that. Yeah, I was just about to say that, you know, when there's not much fish in the sea, you have to be in the sea all the time in order to catch the fish that exist, you know? Precisely. Uh, I mean, if, if you're a fisherman that just goes out there once in a while, chances are, you know, in a sea, scarce of fish, you're hardly going to get that big, big fish, you know? Right, you know, you have to be out there and, you know, putting in the work. So I definitely get it. But then that whole struggle with paying the bills is real. Um, especially, you know, at your age, but I mean, you can, I mean if, it, if, it, if it was just me and if I was maybe younger, then right. it would be easy. But, um, as a, as a man, I am burdened with responsibility, right? You know, it's, right, it's right. a happy burden, it's a happy burden, and, I, and I'm glad to carry it. You know, I have a very supportive wife, um, I have support, a very supportive family, um, you know, but. It's just, it's just what it is. Just mm. what it is. So, you know, this is a great segue right now. The question I want to ask is, what are the five greatest challenges you face as an actor? Well, challenge number one is that um, most of the roles that are, are casted in Jamaica, I, I don't fit the quote-unquote look or stereotype of it. So depending on what the storyline is, Depending on what the story up, oh, you you were saying something? No, 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 I wasn't saying anything. Okay. Yeah, I was saying depending on what the storyline is, um, I might not be ghetto enough for it, and then at the same time I might not be uptown enough for it. So that's challenge number one, that the vast majority of roles that are being casted out there, I don't have the, the look that the casting directors are, are, are going for. Right. Um second Second challenge, you said five challenges. The second yes. challenge I have is um, because I know reside in Montego Bay, I, I know I have a location issue because most of those roles are in Kingston. So a lot mm -hmm. of the time, you see the audition coming out, I can't go because I live in Montego Bay. And not much so, is happening in yeah. Montego Bay in terms of filmmaking, eh? Nothing happens in Montego Bay. There's not, not much. There's nothing happening in Montego Bay in terms of filmmaking. Um, yeah. it, it's getting off the ground. I see Jafta, Jafta Mobi. Um, I'm in that WhatsApp group. I see they're, they're, they're trying to make some moves, but you know, it's, it's dry. It's a, 
It's a dry spell out here, man. I'm a I'm a bachelor <laughs> trying to get laid, and it's dry out here. <laughs> In a nutshell. Uh, right? So challenge uh, three. Challenge number three. Well, challenge number three is that the I do get tight cast a lot. So that's challenge number three. So those who would have worked with me tend to they cast me in the same role, which is either the doctor, the cop, the lawyer, the politician. The politician. You've been and psycho. I think it goes back, back. Or, or I play villain. Yes, I'm always cast as the villain. So that, that because I like to believe I'm, I'm very um, diversified. I can play uh, with 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 enough prep time. I think I can give a convincing performance for for most roles. I mean, uh, I, I do admit that comedy is not my strong point. Mm-hmm. And, and that leads to challenge number four. four. You find that a lot of the, 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 the diet of the Jamaican audience, if we're speaking to the Jamaican audience, tends to be one more geared towards comedy. Right. Uh, you find that Jamaicans, um, we will live a very harsh, rough life. And what they seek in their entertainment is an escape from reality. So those roles that tend to be heavily focused on the dramatic side, the more depressing side, is not something that your mainstream audience would be interested in. Right. And as such, so, uh, again, you can't. I'm not casted again for those types of roles. Mm-hmm. And then problem number five. Problem number five. Um, problem number five. I guess it leads right back to the fact that because I do have a day job, it limits me to how much work I can get and what types of work I can get because one of the most uh, things that as an actor you can get in Jamaica is ads and because I work for a particular food company I can uh, represent certain brands yes, so yes. a lot of times I get the call and I have to ask hey what's it about and I'm like whoops can't do that one might get fired no yeah yeah, those are very interesting challenges, and I'm sure it's not uncommon to a lot of actors here. Um, you know, I do hear people saying the same thing, you know, boy, I go to all these casting calls and I never get cast. Um, so I mean, but guess what? That, that's everybody's story. That's everybody's yeah. story in, in any country because it's only one role. And, and I remember when I was um, on the James Bond set, so I, I, last year I was lucky enough to be um, casted as a, as a double on James Manset, and I spoke to the guy that was doubling for Daniel Craig, and he gave me some really good advice. He's like, "Look, when you when you're getting into the, the business, you want to you want to be an extra, you want to be a double. There's so many people um, champing at trying to get a speaking role on something like that, and they haven't built up enough credibility in Hollywood to to, to warrant getting those speaking roles." Same right. thing with Jamaica. You have built up enough credibility that people feel confident to, get to hand their story over to you for, for, for you to help tell it. Understood. So, and, you know, worse, if you're talking a Jamaican film, you probably have five main roles, if so much, in, in a script. So it's, it's going mm-hmm. to happen. You have to build up your credibility. Your name has to get out there. And how, how you get that name first is that be an extra, be a double. Slowly show people that you're a professional, get your name out there. Be more credible. Mm-hmm. It's a right, right. It's a yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So tell me, have you ever thought of pursuing acting like overseas? Have you ever think about migrating and doing that? Um, funny enough, that you should ask. I've been constantly looking um, for the last three years. Um, I've been contemplating if I should apply to Toronto Film Academy. Um, I'm actually uh-huh. looking and maybe migrating to, to Canada. Um, Canada is a very active uh, creative industry over there, so I have been considering moving to Canada. Um, heck, I might even do it next year. It's, 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 anything is possible. It's, it's on the cards. I, I would more want to, if I'm going to move to pursue this career, it either be Canada or the UK, but definitely not the US at this time. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, oh, it's it, it's not it's not for the the WW three stuff. It's more for the shooting of people of color. You see, I wake up every morning when I look in my mirror. There's a man of color looking back at me. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot's happening over there, you know. <laughs> so I understand. Um, all right. So, well, 
my next question was going to be name some of your biggest productions to date, but we've, we've pretty much already gone through that. Uh, oh, so No worries, bro. I will repeat them for you. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest thing to date has been learning how to swim. Um, written by Crystal, written and directed by Crystal Dawkins, mm-hmm. right? Um, that one was done in 2017. That's my biggest thing to date. Uh, Mango Wars came after that. Or was mm-hmm. it the same year? No, it was the same year. Wow, it was a, 2017 was a big yeah. year for me. Yeah, man, it was very, a very big year. Oh, yeah, wow. so that was Mango Wars again. But but one of my favorite pieces that I've ever done has to be Heart Shape Box. Um, Heart Shape Box 2 is in development hell. This is what it is. The producer is just, I, I don't know, nigga can't go past part one. I don't know why. But um, yeah, that, that that was one of my biggest, biggest letdowns um, that Heart Shape Box 2 was in development hell. It had a fire going behind it. And it's, it's, it's one of those roles that you felt like, hey, this could have made my name. This could have been the thing that would have propelled me where I wanted to go but you know it just it just never happened it's one of those things in the business things not everything happens the way how you want so true very true but Heartshape Box is available for viewing on uh, YouTube I think you just type in the search bar Heartshape Box Jamaican film and it should pop up so for anybody who's interested in watching Heartshape Box highly recommend it and the follow-up to Heart Shape Box, which was Color Code. I'm not in Color Code, but I think it was a, it's a nice piece of uh, work. It, it was uh, written by the same guy, uh, Kevin Jackson, written and directed by Kevin Jackson. So it's kind of a nice... Uh, Kevin Jackson was doing um, expanded universes, universes before Marvel did it. So I'm just putting that out there. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right. So could, all right, tell me a little bit about... Um, what learning to swim was about well um without giving away too much of the plot learning to swim i played a character by the name of everton um in learning to swim as well uh one of my co-stars is someone that i love to work with uh, rishi and Diedrich. so i play everton um who got rishi character pregnant uh, her name is nadia um, pregnant when we were teenagers and I left her to pursue an education in the big city of Kingston. And mm-hmm. now that I'm older, a bit more successful, I'm trying to be a part of my daughter's life. So mm-hmm. the story picks mm-hmm. up here where he's trying to reintegrate himself back into Nadia's life and all the complications right. that come with her. Okay, that's a nice story. That's definitely a story you don't typically hear from Jamaica. Um, I tell you, and, and there, there, there's also some other hidden stuff in there. As much as for a person, yeah, you know, I totally understand that. Totally mm. understand that. I don't um, know where they can what, watch it. Hopefully, Jafta Jamaica can give an idea where persons can view it. But sure, it's not available online. Right, right, right. Um, all right. Let me ask you. Know you, uh, you told us what your biggest production to date has been. What's been mm-hmm. the worst production? Like, what's that production that you look back and go, "Oh my God, that." Ooh, we should never answer well, that, Cassie. Are we talking about film or are we talking about theater? Um, you know what? It can be film, theater, commercials, you know, whatever. All right, well, I'll give you one for, for each. Um, I'll give you a theater. So many, many moons ago when I was just striving back out um, into the acting world, this, I think this was 2006, I did an Edna Manley production where it was something to do with an angel in an airport. I believe you were there, Kevin, and it was just, it was just a mess. <laughs> yeah, man. In fact, I think you asked me for criticism after that, and I think I was, I was pretty harsh, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, it, it was just a mess. Um, it was me and two other actors, and one of them was really inexperienced. Uh, half the time, she was hiding off, 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 off stage. Delivering her lines off stage, and I'm like, "Yo, bring yourself out." There was even this one part where the guy who's playing the angel just kind of dangles in the air for a little bit, and it was just awkward. And I was like, "You, anyway, I'm already here. Might as well finish." <laughs> so, so that was my. I can't even remember the name of it, but I just remember how it made me feel the night. I was like, "Wow, this is a, this is a garbage oh, file." 
do remember that because I remember you invited me to, to come and watch it and I came and I sat down um, beside a good friend of mine. I, I pronounce her name Ivone, but I don't know if it's Ivone or Ivana or whatever. But right. I remember sitting with her and we were chatting and we were watching the play and like as I'm watching the play, I'm just like, what the hell is this thing that well, I'm into? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. yeah, it was, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. I've, I've, I've had a few bad ones, but that one, um, that's the king of them. Yep, that one reigned supreme on the Iron Throne of bad. Anything film-wise was like bad. Um, film. Wow, it's not much because I don't get a lot of film work. So I, I will say. Mm. I will say that um, hmm, that film. I I I will say that I wouldn't say that I have any bad film experiences, but I do have bad bad um production scheduling. So there is a particular piece that I've been a part of for the last two years and nothing. Um, so, you know, you go out there, you shoot scenes, you get sunburned, and then poof, it dies. Nothing comes out of it. And you're thinking, wow, maybe this would be interesting. You're standing on a beach, you're screaming out, help, help, help. And then you see other people coming to help you legitimately because you have convinced the world that there's a legitimate emergency. When no, you're just really shooting a scene. And you, you know, and I think I ate a, 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 yes, I ate a raw fish. I ate a raw fish on camera. Well, I didn't eat it a bit into it and got all the. I made the stuff in my mouth and laughed. That was mm, one. Sounds... And then there's another one with Maurice McCollum where it, it had a fight scene in it and me and the girl had my co-star in there and never did any fight scenes and she kicked me in the mouth. She kicked me in the mouth. Mm. And, that sucked. and that was another one that never saw the light of day. And you're there thinking, shit, you know, I literally bled blood for this and I never saw the light of day. Yeah, and can I tell you, I'm I'm a I'm a fight coordinate uh, fight choreographer, right. and honestly speaking, I really do hate when people have fight scenes without a professional on set, and worse right. when you do fight scenes yeah. without rehearsing the fight scenes. You yeah, know, yeah. it's it's not safe. This is not safe, especially when you're dealing with people who don't know martial arts. It's well, not yeah. safe, you know. Um, I got I got to start. Um, so. What what roles would you like to play? I mean, there's this particular role that I have in my head that I've always wanted someone to write for me. I probably think I might have to write it myself. It's a particular scene where it's it's like a Jamaican Batman, but with he's more intelligent. It's more of a mafia type of situation. And mm -hmm. he's sitting around this big table full of his subordinates. And, you know, some of the subordinates look like a typical, you know, mesh marina or whatnot. Some of them look more uptown. There's even politicians at the table. And I'm walking around this table. I'm delivering a very powerful monologue and expressing how, you know, shooting up in the streets, it's not making us any money. And then out of nowhere, I shoot the guy in the head that caused all the ruckus. Without flinching, without blinking. You know, I, I've always wanted to play the intelligent madman. Not the psycho, not the street boy, the cool, calculating villain. I've always wanted a chance to play that type of character. Someone whose brain is the most dangerous thing in the room. Ah. Uh. Okay, interesting. Okay. Interesting. All right, which actors would you like to work with, both locally and overseas? Um, actors I'd like to work with locally. Zebek. I'd love to work with Zebek again. Um, I've, okay. I've worked with I've worked with Rishian a bunch of times. Um, everybody that's in Patrick Brown's plays, I'd love to work with everybody that's in a Patrick Brown play. <laughs> Love to work with anybody in a Patrick Brown play. That's a good uh, choice. That's a good especially, choice. Especially um, Sakina Deer. Sakina Deer, love to work with, with her. I would love to work with Sakina Deer as well. I mean, she's her schedule is quite busy. Um, mm -hmm. um, she has yeah. one of the best managers in the business in Jamaica, man. Trust me. She's one of the best what? 
managers in the business in Jamaica. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, Nadine Rawlings is her, is her manager. Oh. So. No, man, I definitely would love to work with her. But, like, you know, my experience is that I always catch her at a bad time. I always catch her when she's in the middle of a play and, you know. Yeah. And she has TVJ and, yeah. yeah. She was in a movie, you know, yeah. in a movie that was shot in New York that I'm dying to see. But, yeah. What about overseas? Who would you like to act with? I mean, um, I would very much like to do something with jo Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Um, I somehow Joaquin, knew you would come again. I somehow knew you would choose choose him, Joaquin Phoenix, right? Yeah, because um, yeah. his 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 take on Joker. I'm like, yep. So it's all about man. It's not just about the carnage. There, there is there's there's a rhyme and reason for the carnage behind it, and I think he 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 really brought that to life. Cool, cool, cool. So it's either between uh, Joaquin uh, Phoenix, Idris Elba. Or Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Interesting. Yep. Why Johnny, Johnny Depp? Depp? Johnny Depp for me has the greatest um, character count than anybody that I can think of right now. Um, so when you think of Johnny Depp, you're thinking Edward Scissorhands, oh, you're thinking mean. Jack Sparrow. I know. What you mean. Yeah. Right. Right. This is a man I know that. What you mean it's like Sam Jackson plays Sam Jackson all the time. Ryan Reynolds plays Ryan Reynolds all the time. But like, but but um, what's his name? When you you just when Johnny, you Depp, Johnny Depp, where every he, he, you he's, see is a different character. character. Yeah, he's he's brought a character to life, and that character tends to become an a, a pop culture icon. True, true. That is very true. Most that of his characters true. become pop culture icons, and that's what I would love to achieve in in my lifetime. That a lot of the roles that I take on, they, they transcend time and they become pop culture icons on their own. Mm. Mm -hmm. Good, good points. Good points. So, who do you thank the most for your career? To be honest, um, you don't have a career yet. <laughs> I mean, I do have a career. I mean, it's not, it's not where I'm making, you know, oodles of money by doing it, but. I, I have to thank you, Kevin, for actually giving me the shot and introducing me um, to the film space in Jamaica. So I, so I, I would I would thank you um, definitely with that. Uh, Robin Shin as well for putting me in a lot of his stuff. Um, but again, not really to, to swell here or anything, but I think I have you to thank most of all for my, my, my the existence of my film career in Jamaica. Interesting. I yeah, thought you'd have probably said like, well, I thought, thought, I thought you'd have probably Was that? Repeat that, you were saying what? No, I said I I I know I gave you your first your your first boss in, in the film thing, but I thought you were probably gonna say something like Crystal Dawkins and that you got that was like in my well, yeah, in my opinion, your first international role, right? Well well um I, I think part of the reason why I would even attribute that to you because it all leads back to you, Kev. I see, and I think you're the one who told Crystal Dawkins about me. Oh, yeah, that is anything. true. So that is true. I if, if, if if I dare be bold enough, um, there would be no room walker without Kevin Jackson. That's a fact. Really, that's a fact. there'd be no room walker without Kevin Jackson. Marlon, Marlon, yeah. I, I'm sending the money tonight. I'm, you know, I'm sending uh, the money. I was gonna send the money, but I'm, I'll send it tonight. Yeah, um, I mean, would I, would I like my career to be bigger? I think it can be if I give it the time it, it deserves to grow and, and go mm -hmm. for those roles. And I think that's really up to me and people in my position to kind of figure out which one's more important. Do you take the chance and roll the die for the life you've always wanted at the risk of complete utter ruin? Or do you continue with the status quo and say, all right, well, you know, what I'm doing now is paying the bills. Maybe every now and then I might do a little thing here and there. And if I'm lucky by the time I'm 50 or 60, I get my big break. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Either I wrote these questions really well or you are just naturally flowing into these questions. But, like, you know, every question is segueing nicely into the other, you know, because the next question now is what do you want to ultimately accomplish with your career? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
what I really would like to accomplish, I would like, first of all, for my my passion, which is acting, to be my breadwinner. I mean, yeah, I a lot of the projects I do, I do for free. I don't get paid for them, a lot of them. And the ones that do pay, they don't pay a lot because if I'm being honest, in my current position, I'm 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 paid very well with, with my day job. So it's not it's not a situation for the money. It's really for the, the love of it. I love acting. I, I love the film industry. It's something that brings joy to me. I like being on a set. I like being in front of the camera. I like being under the hot lights. So what I would love to get out of it is that hey, I would like it to literally keep me alive to keep doing it. I need to be successful mm-hmm. enough that I can keep on doing it. And then what I would love is to not necessarily have a celebrity problem. You know, when you walk down the street and everybody know your name, but at the very least, I'd like casting directors to think of me when they're reading a role, they go, hey, you know, maybe Rome would be very good for this, this particular piece. But as it stands, mm-hmm. no, I'm pretty much an unknown. And I've been in the space for a number of years. I mean, a handful of people know me, but I'm not the name that rolls off the tongue when you think of right, right, right. Young, young actors. You're, you're more thinking of um, Kareem, Kareem, who was in um, Get right, Alive, right. Um, Destiny. Right. You know. And again, that goes back to, she's a very talented actor, by the way, but it goes back to the fact that she has that look that a lot of people want. You know. But he's a talented actor in his own right. Don't get me wrong. He's a talented, talented guy in his own right. But you see that a lot of the times when films come to Jamaica, it's always the same people being casted. Because if you're, mm-hmm. if you're filming Jamaica, okay, we need a Rasta. Check. Oh, we need a dark youth from the ghetto. Check. We need somebody white. Check. Or right, we need the uptown girl now. Check. Or right, we need the uptown preppy youth. Check. To none of those categories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I fit into none yeah. of those categories. But then, so, for those roles that I, I, you know, and I like to think my body of work speaks for itself. I've done, I think I've done about three Jolly, three Jollywood films. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, Hollywood films. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that's another person I, I, I like to attribute. Can I, Can I Condison, who actually gave me roles that, 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 that took me out of the, the stereotypes that I'm usually casted in. Right, right, right. And you know, he I has mean, a he op- he opened up a theater, you know, Jollywood um, movie. Planet theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Planet Jollywood is in New Kingston. It's in, it's in New I, Kingston, right above, it's near the Burger King, right on that same side of the road. I'm actually planning to check it out because I have not seen that film Chick V that you were in. And mm-hmm. he has another film called The Affair that I have not seen yet. So I, I really want to check those two up because. Um, his, he, the one thing I'll say for him is that he's the one person I know making like a lot of feature films. Like he only makes, well, yeah, he pretty much only makes feature films, you know, well, and he seems well, to be doing Tyler Perry thing, building an empire. The beautiful thing about Kanani and Jollywood is that um, while persons might critique his quality, what right. I admire about Kanani is that his quality might not be Hollywood quality, but he's telling a story. Right, he's right, a story, right. And I think Kanai best um, describes what early Hollywood was. It's about shooting it rough, figuring out how to tell your story. Because at the end of the day, you know, you, you, your film can look really pretty, you know, but if your story is garbage, then... Right, right. You know, and, and, and we see it a lot when the new movies are coming out. They're not selling out the seats that they expected. Man pump a hundred, a hundred million dollars in the movie and it's only making about 20. Yeah, right. The, the prettiness and stuff like that, that's like probably 10% of it. If the person's on screen and your story is garbage, then people will not be interested. Very true, very true. <coughs> Sorry. That's At any fine. point in time, did you have, have you ever regretted doing acting? Never. It's, it's never something never. I've ever, yeah. I've never regretted Once. it. Well, wow. you, you have to remember, you know, probably if I was one of those persons that threw caution to the wind and said, this is what I'm going to be doing only, then maybe, you know, one of those nights when I'm sleeping on someone's couch, it might have been rough, but my, my, my love affair with acting has been just that, love. You know, I've never had any bad or, or rocky moments with it. 
Who knows? Maybe next Ooh. year when I decide to move to Canada and say that's what I'm going to do. Maybe, maybe then I might have some regrets. But for now, she's my first love. She's my only love. And you become that starving artist. And I become that uh, starving artist, you know. So uh, no, yeah. when I do interviews, I can actually have a more interesting backstory. So that'd be awesome. Yeah. Can I tell you? I was at that. I was at a Christmas fair over, you know, the, the holidays and. Um, they had all these booths, and one booth kind of stuck out. Stuck out. There was this graphic designer, and I mm-hmm. said, "That's interesting. A graphic designer at a Christmas fair, and they have their own booth." So I, you know, went up to the booth and saw that he made. A, he makes a lot of, um, I guess, paraphernalia for for high schools. You know, the the mm-hmm. jerseys, the badges, mm-hmm. the wristbands, um, caps, all kind of things. So I was like, "Oh, this dude is doing well for himself, and he's carrying out a little market." For himself and one of the patrons came up to him and said hey so you're a starving artist and you know the guy was like no and like the guy kept pressing it and saying yeah man you're a starving artist and laughing at him and um you know all kind of things and like i kind of got offended and went up to the guy and i'm like you can't call the man a starving artist the man is here with him good good up booth you know the good good up place uh, sell him services and the man obviously has a, a roster of clientele are you going to look on the man and really call him starving artist? And he was like, no, what, him a starving artist? Him, him, him don't bust yet? And I'm like, you don't know if the man don't bust yet? And even if him don't bust yet, that, yeah, he, they, that don't get the right to call him a starving artist. When accountants just start out, they're starving too. When lawyers just start out, they're starving too. Now, why they not call him no lawyer starving lawyer? You well, know? The, 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 and, the joke in the story is the fact that this, this guy is actually at a trade show with a booth. That costs money. That shit ain't free. Exactly, exactly, and you should have seen this place. This is a fancy place. at the AC Marriott, right? And the booths look nice, <laughs> right? So I was just like, "Yo, you can't call this man a starving artist." And the reason why I was attacking him is because that's the problem. People have this mentality in Jamaica of creatives where they think lowly of them, right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you keep telling someone that they're no good. And, you know, they end up being no good because everybody believes it. Like, if you tell a child, oh, yeah, don't become an artist, you're going to starve. When they grow up, they're not even going to patronize artists because they're like, oh, artists starve. You know, we don't need to pay them. But, yeah, such is life. I digress. (laughs) So, um, all right, so we've gone through all of this and we're going to go back to something that you mentioned earlier. You yeah, said that you're preparing yeah. for the role of Mike McCallum, right? Now, I want to know, you know, how, how are you preparing for this role? And, you know, why do you want this role in the first place? You know, tell, I mean, I'm going to cat out of the bag and, and make everybody know that I'm the one who wants to play Mike McCallum. <laughs> but I want to know why, why did you jump at the opportunity to say, yeah, I'm interested in that role, and how are you preparing for it? Well, um, let me tell you why I would jump at something like that, because it's new. To me, it's fresh. I've never tackled um, a biopic before, right? And how how often is a biopic going to come across my lab? So right away, Mm -hmm. as an actor, you're always looking for different ways to challenge yourself, so I would really like the opportunity to, to do a biopic. Um, how I'm preparing for the role, first of all, prior prior to be being um, considered for it, because it, it I know it hasn't been fully casted yet, and it's just no. in the it's in the thinking stages and stuff like that. Um, mm. I didn't know I did I did I don't know a lot about boxing, so now I'm doing my boxing research, finding about the lingos, the 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 sayings, the slang. Um, the different techniques in boxing. Um, is there a boxing my, Yeah, there is a boxing gym in Mobile. So I'm actually getting my body in shape. Um, actually went to the boxing gym there. And, you know, he mentioned one or two things that I can do, which is, he didn't mention a one-punch man challenge, but it's about getting my body ready for the training. Because as my body was yeah, at the time, it wasn't, it wasn't ready for the training. Right, right. So it's still it's not just... Um, it's to get and your body. I, I know how that is because I want I want to start back my martial arts class real bad and you know go spar with Kyle Chin the the champion, but mm-hmm. my body's not in 
shape to even do training. The last time I tried, I said, yo, you know what? Let me just go to class and make the class get me in, in shape. Yo, mm-hmm. <laughs> the class showed me how fit I used to be because there I used go. to go through that class. And, you know, go, 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 go out afterwards. I could not manage to finish the class. And when I was done, I was like, you know, like at home, still breathing heavy, <laughs> like an hour later. And I'm go. like, good God, I need to get in shape. To get in shape. There you go. You need Ooh. to get in shape to get in shape. Yep, to get in shape. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. all right. So, after you get mm-hmm. in shape, you're going to join this gym. After I get in shape, um, the, which is supposed to be at the end of January, so the start of February, which, that's when I start the gym to do the boxing training stuff. So. It, it, it's not just about reading the lines and stuff like that. It's literally to get your body. Yeah, you, 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 as an actor, your entire body is your is your is your um, instrument. So right, you not right. only want to look the part physically, and in order to play, uh, to pay homage to it, yeah, you have to show the respect. So I want to go through the training the boxer would go through, so that way I can better um, capture who Mike McCollum who was. Well, it's because right, it's not right. right, exactly, exactly. Um, well, it, also, 15 I've been watching a lot of his old um fights, I've been watching one and two interviews, what little I can find, you know, because you want to get the speech pattern down, you want to get everything down, so that's that's the work I've been right. putting in on. Yep, Mike McCallum, if you ever listen to this podcast, yo, we <laughs> we want to do your film, and his name as one was that his name as one of the time uh, yeah yeah i'll definitely do that i'll definitely do that um yeah like i've almost gotten to meet him twice um you know to 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 get the rights for this story and it's definitely been a bit of a challenge but i'm actually this much closer so you know we're gonna have that conversation very soon you know the, but the plan i believe is like discussed we're going to do a, a short film and, you know, show him that for short films so he can see the possibilities. Because, you know, we're in film-based industry. It's one thing to talk. Um, it's another thing, thing to show. You know, it's much more... Show, right. It resonates more when you can see it and go, wow, yeah, this needs to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, just for those who don't know, I mean, to me, if you don't know, then, boy, that's bad. Right, but I know some of the people who listen to this might have been born after 2000 and have no clue who Mike McCallum is. Uh, Mike McCallum, in my opinion, has been like one of the greatest boxers Jamaica has ever produced. Um, I could be wrong. The experts might say, no, that's not true. You know, we had, you know, this person. Uh, yeah, I think it was Bunny. Bunny. Oh, God, I can't remember his name, but he, he was actually one of Mike McCallum's mentors and Mike McCallum started off. But Mike yeah. McCallum yeah. is a guy who you know, got gold in the Commonwealth in 1978 in Edmonton. He was got silver in the Pan Am Games in 79, gold again at the, the Central American Caribbean Games. Um, I think the Olympics kind of eluded him, um, if I remember correctly. And then mm-hmm. he kind of, he, he, was, he even held off becoming pro, if I remember correctly, to try and get that Olympic gold. Um, but I think... He tried, didn't get through, tried again, and then the pro- his professional career started. And it took off. You know, many of the greats I heard were kind of afraid to, 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 to fight with him. You know, uh, even saw a video where he, that he, he did where he was talking about Sugar Ray and Sugar Ray and another big boxer dodging him. And they weren't dodging him because they were afraid of him, but they were dodging him because, you know, this is a guy who, as far as they were concerned, was not that big a deal yet, but they stood a good chance of losing to him. And in <laughs> boxing, you never ever want to lose to somebody that you think is not a big deal because you know it can ruin your career. Like when you look on a lot of boxing um, stats, it's like you know thirty wins, no losses, or thirty wins, one loss. I think Mike Tyson, rec- oh, sorry, Mike McCallum's record stands at forty-nine wins. And five losses, right? Which is is not bad, you know. So he, in my opinion, is a big, 
Jamaican icon, that that story needs to be told. People need to people need to know about Mike McCallum. Mike McCallum was a big thing back in the day, you know. Yeah, I mean, clearly he came around. He he was very popular during the time of Mike Tyson. So of course he was overshadowed by Mike Tyson back then. Mm-hmm. Everybody was more mm-hmm. into the heavyweights than they were with the lighter weight classes. You know, it was um, what's his name, Roy Jones and Mayweather that really popularized the lighter classes um, in recent times. But you know, back then, in a time when people mostly focused on the heavyweights, this was a a, a middle and a welterweight who was gaining a lot of attention and went by the nickname the Body Snatcher. You know, right? right. Ah, yeah. Very good. yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So that's a good rule. Get in shape and get that 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 um, speech pattern down. I'm trying. I'm trying. What? Watch that Will Smith movie where he played Muhammad Ali. I think Will did a good job. That was probably the last time Will did a good job. Will, that's if you're hearing this, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I like, I you know, like my, my, my way of getting ready is that I don't like to watch how other people did it. Cause well, true, my, true, true. My fear is that if I do that, then I'm going to be tempted to copy no, no, you're right. You're right. Because, you know, I, you know, I do animation as well. And I always say to you, don't go copying somebody else's style because then you're just copying someone else's style. Right. You know, go and draw real life and make up your own stuff. You know, so, yeah, that is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, Rome, yes, we've gone 55 minutes into this podcast. So, I so yeah, so I'm going to ask you final question before I close off. Mm-hmm. Who would you like us to interview next? Um, okay. I already know the answer to this. It's three people. Three, all right. Camille Davis. Camille Davis, all right. Rishian Diedrich. Rishian Diedrich. And Kanai Condesa. Hmm, okay. This mm-hmm. is an interesting list. Yes. This is an interesting list. What would you want me to ask these people? Camille Davis, what was it like working with Rome Walker? <laughs> what was it like working with Rome Walker? And I understand what was it like working with Rome Walker? <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. And you know, great way to close it. <laughs> he, he thinks I'm you know, joking. I'm, will... dead, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm writing it. I have a file in my Google Drive called Podcast Questions, and I'm writing it down. What was it like working with Rome Walker? I you don't know. I, Walker I, Marlon Rome Walker. Yes. 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 They, they, yeah, they should be interesting. They should be interesting. Anyway, um, yeah. yo, Marlon, it was great talking to you as usual. Um yeah, man. And, you know, I really do hope you get those other roles that you're looking for because, I mean, I've worked with you and I think you are a talented actor. I've heard great things um, about you from Kyle Chin and from Crystal Dawkins, um, and, you know, and other people who have worked with you. So I really, really do wish you the best for the future. And, I mean, it would be sad to see you go to Canada, but my thing is that I don't really care where in the world people go to pursue their passion. They need to go pursue it because you only have one life to live. So just go live it, you know? Uh, But of course, I do hope you come back to Jamaica and contribute to Jamaica because, you know, this industry is about to blow up, you know? All right. I'll I'll come back like Tyler Perry and build my own studio and stuff. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome, right? I can sweep the floors and carry water, you know? There you go. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I hear the man said, There you go. The man couldn't even say, No, man, I'll give me an executive producer. Oh, so yeah. There it is. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. And I work here. Yeah, I'm saying, Bridget, that. You yeah, ask me for it. They've asked me for the producer work. You say, I want to see floor and carry water. No problem. <laughs> you got to go down. No. That. You tell me what. Me know what make you unhappy. Sweeping floor and carrying water make you happy. Then pursue your dreams, my friend. Pursue your dreams. We are 58 and a half minutes in. We are going to close off the show now. So 
Everybody, thank you again for joining us with Creative Vibes. I'm your host, Kevin Jackson, and you know my guest, Marlon Walker. Uh, so big time actor. Right? And yeah, just tune into the podcast, share the podcast, you know, um, follow me on Anchor. You can also listen to this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. All right. This is Creative Vibes out.